Once again, I ask the question, what is the America that you want to live in and have your children and your grandchildren grow up in? It is time that we, the people, start questioning political views and objectives which are clearly in opposition to the founding principles of our great nation and by all appearances are destructive in securing and maintaining our peace, prosperity, and tranquility. Our political leaders who are promoters of a social system which upon close scrutiny and investigation is in direct opposition to our beliefs and values must be called out and be held accountable for their intents and their actions. We are currently being inundated with unprecedented coverage of the socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. When she makes her claim that our earth is going to be destroyed in 12 years if we don't take drastic measures right now, she is using the tactic that was created by former Communist Party USA chairman Gus Hall, which he outlines in his book Ecology. And I will quote, first of all, we must inform the public that the crisis is more immediate and severe than they are being told, that its implications are too great to wait for universal scientific confirmation. The climate change fear mongers use of fake science to introduce science to introduce socialist communist ideology should cause serious concern for anyone who believes in a free society. As you will hear later in this podcast, these scare tactics are used for the sole purpose of establishing a socialist communist society in the attempt to gain dominance and wealth redistribution. We must not allow ourselves to be led blindly down the path to socialism communism. A very simple question comes to mind when I think of socialism versus capitalism. How come the socialist countries do not have people breaking down their walls to get in? Or better yet, how often do you hear about the rise of capitalism in a socialist communist country? You don't. Because once socialism takes over, your freedom of speech against the ruling class will be met with swift and deadly force. How many people have been murdered in the capitalist countries for not being supporters of capitalism? How many have been murdered by capitalist states for being anti-capitalist? Now, if we turn that question around and ask how many have been murdered in communist country, the answer is between 800 to 100 million globally. I strongly urge everyone who believes that socialism and communism is the answer to read an article titled, I Survived Communism, Are You Ready for Your Turn? by Susanna Janisova Demboer. This article can be found online. In this article, you will learn just how deceiving and destructive and dehumanizing a socialist system is. The article points out the three steps employed to bring about socialism, communism without ever firing a shot. It was Nikita Khrushchev who stated in 1960, You North Americans are so gullible. No, you won't accept communism outright, but we'll keep feeding you small dosages of, commun of socialism until you will finally wake up and find that you already have communism. We won't have to fight you. We'll so weaken your economy until you fall like overripe over fruit into our hands. You will learn that surprisingly, the whole global warming environmental movement is nothing more than a tool used to obtain domination and redistribution of wealth. Now, don't take my word for it, but please do heed the words of the co-chair of the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change when he stated, and I quote, 
We must free ourselves from the illusion that international climate policy is environmental policy. We must state clearly that we use climate policy to redistribute the world's wealth. The communist propaganda and methodology works using a three-stage process. Number one is polarization. Number two is destabilization. And number three is revolution. In stage one, in order to win power, the communists first polarize the target society. The notion of injustice is introduced. One group of people, poor workers, are made to feel victimized by a second group to the point that they demand civil discourse. Now, during the first stage, the communists focus on altruistic people, people with big hearts, full of good intentions, who believe in doing good for goodness sake. Why? Because this idealistic people are usually naive and easy to manipulate because they are very emotional about their beliefs. Recognizing how essential these people are to the success of the revolution, Lenin referred to them as, and I quote, useful idiots. During the second stage, the basic values of society are targeted for change. This always starts with education. Vladimir Lenin once said, give me your child for eight years and he or she will be a communist forever. Communism always uses teachers in the education system to impose its ideology and promote its values through indoctrination. Yuri Bezmanov, a KGB defector, painted a very grim picture when he said, a person who is indoctrinated is unable to assess true information. The facts tell them nothing. Even if I were to shower him with information, with authentic proof, with documentation, with pictures, even if I were to take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him a concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he receives a kick in his fat bottom. Now, here's a scary thought. The children currently attending our elementary schools will vote in 10 to 12 years. How many of these children are being, or already have been, brainwashed into believing that in order to, quote, save the planet, they must vote for a government that will stop, quote, destroying the planet by eliminating private ownership and taking control of production? New communism is based on all the old communist ideological principles and beliefs, but it uses the environmentalism as its agent of change to completely alter the core values of Western democracy and demoralize society. As illustrated by the following excerpt from Captain Eco, it's a children's book written by Jonathan Porritt Nedler and published in 1991, Children are being indoctrinated in our schools, being made to believe that it is their responsibility to, quote, save the planet. And here's an actual quote from that book. Your planet is in serious trouble from pollution and toxic waste and the loss of forest and farmland and fresh water. And it's your parents and grandparents that have made a mess after looking after the earth. They may deny it, but they are little more than thieves. And they are stealing your future from under your noses, end quote. If you believe warm, cuddly socialism leads to utopian communism in which equality and social justice prevail, then I want you to listen to the insights from the author of this article, Susanna Janisova Dembur, who has lived it. 
Here she imparts her own personal experience about the social justice delivered to her by communists. You deserve to know a little bit about the substance in which you will have to swim before you dive into the cesspool called communism. And she states, stage three, revolution. After gaining the support of the majority, communists call for democratic election. If they win it, they seize power, and then they abolish the election process. And at this point, the members of the opposition parties, along with all other opponents deemed to be a potential threat, are physically liquidated. And in case you're not familiar with this quaint communist phrase, it means that they're executed. Private businesses are immediately seized and confiscated. Key supporters who now finally realize how they have been manipulated and exploited, these are the useful idiots who are no longer useful, they are either jailed or executed to prevent formation of any dissident movements. All other useful idiots, having fulfilled their purpose of bringing communists to power, are now either enslaved into the new ideology or they are disposed of in a variety of prescribed ways. A new privileged elite of Communist Party leaders is now formed. No hypocrisy here, right? After all, those angry claims of exploitation by a privileged elite, what's the first things that the communists do once they gain power? Leaders of every key institution or organization, company, hospital, police, school, etc. are now replaced by an official member of the Communist Party. Competence, ability, or fitness for the job is no longer relevant or required. The only prerequisite is loyalty to the party. She points out what life under communism is like. And basic goods began in the 1980s. People had to get 3 a.m. in order to send line sickness such as milk, meat, eggs, toilet paper, etc. You could stand in line for hours and not even get a chance to buy something once products ran out. Some of the other appealing aspects that she points out include, you want an apartment? You can't buy one because there's no real estate market. You'll probably get one eventually for free, but the government will decide the size, the type, and the location, as well as your position in the line, which may take years. How about a car? You want a car? You first must submit an application or buy a permit to buy a car from the government, and then you wait in line for years. The wait time might be two to three years, or it could be as long as seven to ten years. You want to use some recreational facilities, government built, of course, for your vacation. You need to be approved by a labor union, and then you wait. How about daycare for your child? Submit an application and wait. You want a garage for your car? Submit an application and wait. She states that she submitted an application for a garage in 1988 when she left Slovakia in 1997, she still had not received a response. Does this sound idyllic to you? But here's the best part. There's no guarantee you will ever receive an apartment, a car, or garage, daycare, recreation, or any of the thing, anything else you might want. If there is any record anywhere that you were ever in non-compliance with the communist ideology, you will receive nothing. As one of the communist leaders informed her, after she refused to become a member of the Socialist Party, forget about an apartment, forget about daycare, forget about a salary raise, forget about any benefits. 
Communism results in the poverty of an entire society. By comparison, free market capitalism has lifted the highest number of people out of poverty in human history. Because of lacks of goods and services, corruption and bribery become endemic under communism. Now, of course, corruption is also existent in capitalist countries, but communism elevates it to a completely systemic level. She goes on to say, it's not what you know, but who you know. To function in order to survive, you must have a network of connections and pay bribes for everything. Education may be free, but there's no guarantee you'll ever get into your desired school's program, even if you have top marks. The state might have different plans for you or for your child, but with good connections and the timely delivery of a very valuable gift to the school principal or party leader, anything's possible. Healthcare may be free, but if you want your doctor to be sober for surgery, you better pay up. Paying bribes to doctors in cash or gold was common in the Eastern Bloc. She was even told how much she must pay by the doctor himself. Police are a special case, corrupt and enjoying immense power. Did you speed? Your choice is between a lesser bribe and a much more expensive ticket. No court, no argument, no place to complain. Need anything from the government employees? Good luck. Communists invented stamps of different sizes and shapes. To get your document or your permit stamped, you must pay a bribe. You want a new book? You want new clothes or a better piece of meat? You better know the saleswoman and you better be really nice to her. Your car just broke down and needs repairs. Oh dear, now you're in real trouble. Leaving a car in a repair shop entails the risk of good functioning components in your car being secretly replaced by inferior or non-functioning ones. The good components will then be sold or exchanged for other goods. This is how the exchange market could work under communism. She continues with an observation of what communists really think about the environment, and I find this very interesting. She remembers hills near the chemical plants that were laid bare, denuded of vegetation by polluted air and acid rain from towns where heavy metals were produced, places where aluminum had poisoned the groundwater, cities where the haze from industrial smog was so thick you couldn't see through it and it hung there for months, places where noxious compounds in the air forced residents to wear face masks. Naturally, the, there were environmental laws, but they were all conveniently ignored in the name of glorious socialism. She further states, the worst part is fear, the fear of being arrest, arrested, of being tortured, of dying as a political prisoner in a prison, a labor camp, or a uranium mine. That's slow death from radiation poisoning. Fear of incarceration in an insane asylum. And you had to be crazy to oppose the regime. Or worse off, the fear of the same thing happening to someone you love. Fear is a primary tool for keeping people silent and obedient. Just think of the IRS. Those who do not comply are interrogated, tortured, intimidated, and put under surveillance as they are destined for liquidation by the secret police. Or they just could be killed off quickly. That's much easier. Those political prostitutes called informers are everywhere, especially universities. They'll report everything you do or say. Forget about freedom of action or speech or even thought. The party controls everything, and you voted for them, right? Ronald Reagan once stated, 
Freedom is a very fragile thing and is never more than one generation away from extinction. Those who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again. Do you feel that we are losing our freedoms? Is government forever expanding and assuming greater control in your life? We are currently in the second stage, demoralization and destabilization of the new green communism. Are we so gullible that we can be taken without one shot being fired as Khrushchev predicted? Have we all taken our many freedoms for granted? Are we prepared to gullibly give up those freedoms to those advocating socialism? Or are we prepared to resist the tide of radical leftism? Socialism equals communism. And after hearing and reading this article, I hope you have no illusions about what it is or where it leads. So I ask you once again, think about it. What is the America that you want to live in and have your children and your grandchildren grow up in?